Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Here's Pastor Mark Pearl. Enjoy the message. You have a Bible with you? Go to Genesis chapter 1. That shouldn't be hard to find. That's the beginning of the Bible, very first chapter. And I'm going to talk about some things tonight. And I don't know, you know, I may talk about this some more. We'll see. Um, as we're preaching with you on Wednesday night, Genesis chapter 1, and uh, thank God for God's Word. Uh, let, me, uh, let me begin by going to, let's see, let's go to verse 24. It says, and, and God said, let the earth bring forth the living creature after his kind, cattle, creeping thing, beast of the earth after his kind. And it was so. And God made the beast of the earth after his kind. Notice that he made after their kind and cattle after their kind. Everything that creeps on the earth after his kind. And God saw that it was good. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness or kind. See that? And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, uh, over the uh, cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Charles Capp said we have authority over creeps. Amen. Praise God. And God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. Now I want to read uh, in Genesis 3 in just a minute. But I wanted to start out there and let you know God made you and I in His image. Right. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. After His likeness. Yes. Now there has to be a reason why. You, know, you read there He made all the animals after their kind. But when He came to man, He said, let us make man in our image. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. In the image of God. And, 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 and now go to verse, uh, or excuse me, chapter 3 and verse 8. <clears throat> We're going to look at this here in verse 8. It says, and, and they, this is Adam and Eve in the garden, and they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And God, God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where are you? And he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. Of course, this is after they sinned. But it's interesting to note that God came down to be with them. Isn't that something? He came down to fellowship with them. Amen? And so... The reason, I believe, that God created man in His own image is because He wanted the fellowship with men. Right. Amen. Amen. Right. You know, you can't, you can only have, now I know some of y'all love your dear pets and you got them on Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, TikTok, whatever, I don't know. I, I don't know all about these platforms, so if I, if I name something, you can't put a dog on there. <laughs> Forgive me, I don't know. But, you know, I just happen to know people love their pets. I love animals. I'm an animal lover. I don't have any. My wife won't let me. Everybody boo. You know, that, that Canaanite woman, you know, that came to Jesus and her daughter had a demon. I love that, what she said. She, you know, and I told her, I said, see, she said, you know, the, the Lord said it's not right to give the children some meat and give it to the dogs, bread to the dogs. She said, Lord, even the dogs get to come underneath your table. I told Fussy, see, there's a scripture for having dogs in the house. She said that woman had a devil in her house too. So, but have you know, even no matter how much you love a little Fluffy or Scooter or whatever, uh... The fellowship's not the same as with a human being. No. Sometimes it's better. <laughs> no, I mean, no, it's not the same level, right? Because regardless of what all the animal you know, rights people say and everything else, 
God, God did not create them in his image. That's right. Amen. Are you with me now? God didn't create them in his image. Amen. And, and uh, you know, he created them uh, uh, after their kind, but then he created us in his image. We're a higher class of being. Now, you'll catch all kinds of flack for saying this from uneducated church people, but we're, we're, we're not God, but we are, in, we are in the image of God. Amen. God put us in that class with Him. He's God. We're not. I got that figured out. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not ignorant about that, so I don't need any nasty letters. But I understand that. I got that figured out. But here's the thing. God made us in His likeness after His image so He could have children and He could fellowship with them. Amen. I'm not my father. My father's he's already gone on. I'm not my father, but I'm in his image. Sometimes I'll see things, see me, and I'll think that looks, you know, pictures of me looks some like dad. Amen. You know, and then Randy, we, he and I look a lot alike. I'm a lot more handsome than he is, of course, but no, we look a lot alike. <laughs> Why y'all laughing? See, they didn't believe it, Randy. <laughs> Have me understand that I'm not dead, but I'm in his, I'm in his image. Amen. I even find myself doing things that he, he did. The other day, Phyllis said, you're acting like you're dead. I said, that's something your dad would do. That was when I was angry at my cell phone. She said, that's just like you're dead. Well, you understand God made us, you know, you can't, you can't thank God for your dog. You can take it out and get it ice cream and everything else. I was down to trail one day and ran into a dog that weighed 253 pounds. Man, that thing slobbered on my running shorts big time. He was friendly, thank God. But the biggest dog I think I'd ever ran across, and, and the people, so, you know, he was a bull mastiff, which they're big anyway, but this is a big one. And the people told me, the guy told me, I mean, the guy told me, I'm talking to him, you know, and he said, yeah, he said, me and my wife, we watch a movie, we order pizza, we order him his own large pizza. <laughs> Do you give him the remote also? <laughs> he watches Lassie. No, I understand. See, the, the fellowship's limited. But God made us because He wants to fellowship with us. He, he, wants, he wants communion with us. He made us for that. And we're made for that. And that's the title of my message, that we're made for fellowship. And if we don't understand that, then our lives aren't going to be as rich as what God wants them to be. God wants us to have rich lives. But, you know, your marriage isn't going to be rich if you don't fellowship with one another. Amen. You know, people, when they get older, you know, you've been married for a long time, like Phyllis and I have, and like some of you all have. You've been married for a long time. You can, let, you can drift apart if you don't watch that because you stop fellowshipping with one another. Right? You know, in the beginning, man, <laughs> you, you know, you, you would talk for hours on the phone. Now, we didn't because I don't talk on the phone. If, so when my phone rings, my thought is, how quick can I get off this? That's basically my thought. I don't, I'm not being disrespectful to any, anybody that calls me, but I'm not a phone person. I'll talk. I got one. I got a cell phone. I wish they'd never invented them. How would we live? I live, Mark, without a computer. I still could. We make it. Amen. So a lot of people don't realize how far technology has come since just the 1980s. I mean, it has mushroomed, man. I mean, 1981, I didn't have a computer. I didn't have a cell phone. I don't even know if we had a VCR yet. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe 81. Maybe we did. Yeah, I think maybe we did. You know. And some of you don't even know what that is. <laughs> But, you know, so things have progressed, but look, has it made us any closer to God? No, God wants, God wants direct communication. That's why, and I'm not knocking anybody that, you know, maybe you, maybe you like using an iPad for your Bible and all. I got an iPad. It's up there on platform or up there on the pulpit. But I, I like to have the paper thing in my hand. I like it because you know what? It doesn't ding. 
it doesn't ping. I mean, I remember years ago when I first got my iPad, you know, I'm reading my Bible and all of a sudden it starts pinging. And as I open it up and somebody's talking to me. I'm like, how did this happen? I don't get that in my Bible. The only person that talks to me in my Bible is the Holy Spirit. Amen. That's not a knock on technology. I've got it. I understand. But I tell you what, God, God doesn't need, He doesn't need your phone. He doesn't need your iPad. He needs you. Right? And there's times just to lay the thing aside and get with God and spend time with the Lord. Because He wants to fellowship with you. He wants to make your life richer. Amen. He wants to bless you. Amen? Amen. Now, so... The, we see here in Genesis, God made us in His image after His likeness. And then we see in Genesis 3, where we just read, God came down in the cool of the day. Obviously, this was not something abnormal. It's something that He did. He came down to fellowship with Adam and Eve. And uh, God is big into fellowship. And so we have to understand that, you know, God created us for this purpose. This is His purpose for our life. God did... Now, yes, we work for God. I work for the Lord. Amen. Everybody should work for the Lord. But He didn't create me to work for Him. Now, you know, my dad did. I think his theology was, that's why I had you kids. He didn't mow the yard. He didn't dig the ditches. He didn't dig the footings. He had boys. He didn't, you know, we had coal. Randy will remember this. We had coal and dad would, dad would do the hard job. He would drive the truck, back it under the chute. They'd dump it in the truck bed. He'd bring it home and go sit in the recliner. He did the hard part and us boys went out there and unloaded it. That's what we were there for. But, you know, God, God didn't, He didn't create us to work for Him. He created us to fellowship with Him. Now, we will work for Him, but that's not why He created us. Amen. You know, there's a scripture. Let's go to uh, uh, Psalm 20, uh, excuse me, 122. You don't mind if we look at some Bible verses tonight, do you? Psalm 122, go there, Psalm 122. And I want to read this because this is a really cool uh, scripture. And uh, I think you'll see something here that's, uh, that's, that's uh, implied and, and uh, about fellowship. In Psalm 122, um, verse 1, David said, you know, I was sad when it was time to go to church. Oh, gone it. We got church tonight. No, he said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Why, this is fellowship time, folks. Hallelujah. Our feet shall stand within your gates, O Jerusalem. You know, when he's writing this, that's where the house of the Lord was at. It was in Jerusalem. Jerusalem is, this is uh, the King James here. Jerusalem is built as a city that is compact together. Now, that's a, that, that right there where it says it's compact together, when you do a little study on that, uh, it's a little hard for the translators to translate because it, it has a deeper meaning, and you have to dig into those words in the Hebrew. And literally, what that word compact together means, it means close-knit. It means to have, it, it, it literally means this, to have fellowship. Cl- close-knit, fellowship. In other words, what's being said is God, Jerusalem was a place that was a place you could get close-knit with God and have fellowship. That's what it's saying. And uh, actually the Septuagint, which is a, a Greek translation of the Hebrew Scriptures, the Septuagint translates this verse this way, where it says in the King James, it's compact together. The Septuagint says, whose fellowship is complete. Because that, what's being said, and I, I know it's, it's a little cloudy maybe, but you, you, when you dig into the Hebrew words, it's really talking about Jerusalem was a place built as a, a close-knit place 
where you could get close with God. And when you read the verse, I mean, when you read the, the psalm, it makes sense. It says, verse 14, it's where the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, under the testimony of Israel, to give thanks unto the Lord. It's where they come to fellowship with the Lord. Um, there are set thrones of judgment, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. They shall prosper that love you. Peace be within your walls and prosperity within your palaces. For my brethren and companions' sake, I will now say, Peace be within thee. Listen to David. Because of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your good. Because it's a place to go fellowship with God. Jerusalem's a special place. That's why the devil hates it, fights for it. Now, let me say this to you. You don't have to go to Jerusalem to worship God, fellowship with God today. Jesus met a woman one time at the well. Remember her? She ran into him and, and he told her her life. Uh, he, he, said, he said, go call your husband and come here. She said, I have no husband. He said, that's right. He said, you've had five. Now the one you got, you're not married to in other words, you're living with. He wasn't condemning her, but he was letting her know, I know all about you, woman. Amen. And um, she, she said, sir, I perceive you're a prophet. Wow, that's deep, isn't it? He's telling her her life, you know. And she said, you know, uh, we Samaritans, uh, you Jews say that at Jerusalem's the place to worship. We Samaritans worship on this mountain, Mount Gerizim. And uh, Jesus said, woman, he said, the hour is coming when you will neither worship in this mountain nor at Jerusalem, but those that worship the Father will worship Him in spirit and truth. What was He saying? You won't have to go to Jerusalem. You won't have to come to this mountain. Wherever you're at, you can fellowship with God. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. You can fellowship with God. Chick-fil-A Chick drive through the people that should count the votes because they're efficient and fast. We wouldn't be waiting if Chick-fil-A was counting our election results. It'd be over with. We'd, we'd already know. So, <laughs> you, you can fellowship with God there. Amen. You can fellowship at McDonald's drive-thru, and you better if you go to McDonald's drive-thru because you have to wait a long time there. Hallelujah. All right. Amen. So, so it's, what was Jesus saying? He said, it, it, worship is not in a place any longer. It was, but it's not now. No matter where you're at, there's the Spirit of God. Amen. Hallelujah. See, the, the Spirit of God, he, 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 uh, he, His presence was in that tabernacle. But once that veil was torn, uh, Jesus was raised from the dead and when he, at His resurrection, I mean, at His crucifixion, I mean, when that veil was torn, it, it opened up the Holy of Holies to show you He's not in there, praise God. He's, he's everywhere. Hallelujah. Amen. The Lord told Brother Hagin one time, He said, My power is everywhere. Every hospital room, my power is in there. You just have to tap into it. Hallelujah. I love that. Amen. And so... See, he, he's simply saying that God, listen to this, God made a place. He, he ordained a city. Fellowship was so important to God, God ordained a city for people to come and fellowship with Him. And they did. If you read the, the history of the Old Testament, uh, they came, they would come three times a year to come fellowship with God and worship God. Aren't you glad? That you don't have to do that today. You can fellowship with Him in your everyday life. Hallelujah. You can fellowship with Him on the way to work. And He'll fellowship with you. Amen. And uh, now, let's go to the New Testament. Let's go to 1 Corinthians. Come on, are you getting something tonight? Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 1. I know we're looking at some Scripture tonight, but, you know, it's really good if we look at our Bible and just see this is, you know, we can look at a lot of Scripture, but just see that this is what God wants with our lives. He wants us to fellowship with Him. I'm glad I learned that as a baby Christian. I was taught that. I'm, I'm thankful I was taught that early in my Christian life. 
that if I was going to be strong in the Lord, I learned two things when I got saved. I learned if I'm going to be strong, I got to do two things. I got to stay full of the Holy Spirit through fellowship, and I got to keep my mind renewed. And I worked hard at it. Brother, my mind needed some help after all those drugs. But thank God, God, God's Word did, did a work. Amen. I would sit there on Friday night reading my Bible, and my mind would be going squirrely on me. It'd be going, you have, you're crazy. You've lost your mind. You're sitting here reading the Bible on Friday night. You'd be out partying. Thank God for God's Word. I tell you, God's Word will keep you. God's Word will make you strong. It'll keep you from sinning. It'll keep you from messing up your life. If people just obey the Word. Amen. You know, if you just do what the Word says. Well, I just want to be full of the Spirit. Well, the Bible says, then sing in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, and make melody your heart to the Lord. Give thanks for all things unto God the Father, and you'll be filled with the Spirit. Well, that's not the way I want to do it, Pastor. I want you to lay hands on me, and I get zapped. Well, you know, thank God God does do things like that sometimes, doesn't He? Have you ever had that happen? Well, if you haven't, you should. It's good. But that's not the way we stay full. Amen? You know, we stay full by doing what the Bible says. Right? Pastor, I want you to pray for me that I'll never have another, uh, you know, worried thought. Well, if I could pray that for you, I'd pray it for me. Amen. No, the Bible tells us what to do. The Bible says, here's what the Bible says. <laughs> Are you ready for this? This is what the Bible says. Don't worry. I can't help it. Well, the Bible would know that. How many of the Bible doesn't say try? It says don't. Right? The Bible never tells you to try anything. It just tells you this is the way you do it. And so the Bible tells us in everything by prayer and supplication, let your request be made known unto the pastor. God, right? Let your request be made known unto God and the peace of God which passes all understanding will keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So what do you do? I refuse to worry about that. Amen. And I'm going to talk to God about that. And I'm going to thank Him. Why do you thank Him? You may know I've taught you before. Why do you thank God? Why do you thank God? Because you believe something's happened. You don't thank somebody for nothing. If you don't just walk up on the street and go to a stranger and say, hey, thanks. They look at you like, man, what rock did you crawl out from under? You must be one of those crazy charismatics. <laughs> Amen. See, what, 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 you thank somebody because they've what? They've done something for you. See, that's why you do that. So... So when you give that, th that thanksgiving a statement of faith, Father, I've prayed, I've asked you about this thing, I believe it's taken care of, I'm going my way. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, what if he doesn't come through? Well, you better prepare for something else because you're in unbelief. Is that all right? So you can't, you can't, you've you got you to believe God's going to do something because he's the one that said, cast your care upon me. Amen. Now look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 9. <clears throat> the Bible says in verse 9, God's faithful. How many know that? He's faithful to do His Word. By whom you were called unto the fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. So there it tells us we're called. This is, this is our calling. We're called unto fellowship. In other words, it's, it's our number one calling. Amen. Now, God has, you know, we have assignments from God. How many know that? We have an assignment to, uh, to minister to the body of Christ. Well, I didn't know that. Yeah, the Bible says to edify one another, to build one another up. We have an assignment to the world to take the, the gospel to them. Amen. But... Not, but, but our number one assignment isn't to the body of Christ, and it isn't to the world. Our number one assignment's to God, to fellowship with Him. Because when you fellowship with Him, it affects everything you do. Amen. See, your, your, your ministry to the body of Christ, your ministry to the, 
to the world. It's, it's, it's going to be enriched. It's going to be stronger. It's going to be anointed when you, when you fellowship with God. It has an effect, man, because you're, you're drawing from the divine source. Hallelujah. You're drawing divine power. Amen. I just learned that a long time ago. I, if I want to have you know, any kind of help from God or success, then I better get with the one who has the help and has the anointing and who has the success. Praise God. That's God. And that's the same way with your life. I'll tell you what, if you learn to fellowship with God and put Him first, He'll make the natural things in your life, He'll make them richer. He'll give you wisdom. Amen. And uh, he'll, he'll cause you to get blessed in that area. Just seek the Lord. I've had the Lord direct me on things that just, man, were a tremendous blessing. Amen. In my life, just because I'm, I'm listening, I'm spending time with him. Amen. And he, he you know, he, you, you, the, the more, the, the more time you spend with him, the more you become like him. See, when Adam, when Adam sinned, his qual, when he broke fellowship with God, his quality of life began to go down. It diminished. Uh, and I just believe this: we can't stay. We can't stay, and if you, if you listen, to, listen to the way I'm saying this, we can't stay in the image and likeness of God. In other words, we don't reflect His character unless we stay in fellowship with Him. Right. I've told you before, Phyllis can always tell when I've been with the news too much. She said it to me the other day at the kitchen counter. You've been watching the news lately a lot, haven't you? Why? Because I'm starting to manifest the character of the news. It can happen. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Am I the only one? I get this fighting spirit on me. Amen. Something makes me want to slap stupid people. Am I the only one? I've got an evangelist friend. He says, when somebody says something stupid, I make them say it again. You know, in hopes they'll catch it. But you know what? Uh, the more we spend time with God, the more we're like Him. The more His, His character rubs off on us. Amen. There's just no shortcuts to this if we want, if we want success in God. You know, there's a, and I, I don't know why I was writing about this somewhere. Maybe it was for the bulletin. I can't remember, but somewhere. Maybe it was a newsletter, partner letter or something. But I was writing about this, talking about... There, there's, you know, the Bible talks about, God told Joshua, he said, if, he said, if you'll meditate in my, my law or my word day and night, you'll observe to see according to all that's written there, and then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you'll have good success. Well, I mean, you know, if there's good success, there's bad success. What is bad success? Bad success takes you away from the will of God. See, a lot of people in America, we think success is like we're well-known, our name is known, you know, we're popular, uh, we got a lot of money. We got nice cars, nice house. You know, there's people that have all those things that aren't successful. Now, it looks like they're successful, but it's bad success because it took them away from the will of God for their life. Good success puts you in the will of God for your life. Good success causes you to be more like God. And, and the natural stuff, of course, God wants to bless you with those things. I don't deny that. You know, I, I believe that's, that's part of his. You read, you read, the, you read the, the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, and if you can read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation and come out of there and say, I don't believe God wants to bless you in the natural, I would tell you, go back and read it again. You miss some, you miss some whole books. You miss a lot of verses in there because it's in there. I said, it's in there. We are the seed of Abraham. We, the blessings of Abraham are ours. We're Abraham's seed, heirs according to the promise. So all kinds of blessings are in there. Well, that was just for the Jews. Well, the Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 2, it says that we, are, are we, we, we have come into the commonwealth of Israel. We're no longer strangers from the covenants of promise. So listen, all they had, we should have plus more. If they had healing in the Old Testament, no, we should have healing in the New Testament. Or it's not a better covenant. Pure and simple. Right? If God would take care of them financially in the Old Testament, how many know He will us in the New Testament or it's not a better covenant? Right. 
I've heard people say, preachers say, well, we just have spiritual blessings right now. That's all we have. No, we have spiritual blessings plus everything God blessed them with in the Old Testament. When, that, when the Deuteronomy says God will make my enemies flee before my face seven ways, I take that literally. That God's going to cause my enemies to be defeated before my face because I am the seed of Abraham. And that was part of Abraham's blessing. That's part of the covenant. So I'm not going to renege on that. God's not going to renege on that, I should say. He, we, we have that plus. Jesus, the Bible says, is a mediator of a better covenant. Why? It's a better covenant with a better high priest, with better blood. Everything's better about it. Come on. He said, well, I know God healed under the Old Testament, but he's changed. Well, if he's changed, then he's not God because God said, I'm the Lord. I change not. No, he hadn't changed. Our theology's changed, but he hadn't changed. A lot of people think that there's a different God in the Old Testament. No, it's the same God. I'll tell you what's better. We got a better, he's got a better covenant with us because of Jesus. Hallelujah. There's more grace. Hallelujah. If there's more grace, then there's got to be more blessing. Come on. Hallelujah. And so we have, to, we have to understand, you know, don't be duped by all this, you know, it's passed away and all that kind of ignorant theology that refuses to study the Scriptures and find out what belongs to them. Here's what I've learned about a lot of, lot of, lot of people. If they don't experience it, therefore it's not, it's not, it's not real. We, you, listen, we don't live by anybody's experience. Amen. There's a lot of things in life I haven't experienced, and they're still real. I've never experienced sushi. It's real. I don't eat raw fish. And I know there's some sushi they cook a little bit, but uh, what's that one fish they make? If the, if the chef doesn't make it right, it kills you. Blowfish? What's it called? Puffer fish. Puffer fish. Puffer fish is a delicacy, but if they don't cook it right, it kills you. <laughs> Honey, this is sure good. If I don't make it, you know, uh, the insurance policy is in the file cabinet. I don't think so. I'm not going to experience that. It's real, right? See, that's the way a lot, of, a lot of churches approach it. Like, if we don't experience it, we don't have it, then it must not be real. Could it be you? <laughs> Maybe it's you. It's like the guy told Dr. Barclay in his church one time, he said, he said, all women are bad. He said, I've been married four times, and they're all bad. All bad. <laughs> Dr. Barclay being, you know, the... Uh, tactful man that he is he said he said brother did you ever consider that the common denominator in all these marriages is you maybe you could be the problem well have you know just because we don't have something that doesn't mean it's not real amen well nobody gets healed in our church well maybe maybe you should preach on it right Nobody gets any financial blessing in our church. Well, maybe you should preach on it. Faith coming by hearing, hearing by the Word of God, see? See, so it's not a matter of what, it's not a matter of what we experience. It's a matter of what God has said, what God promised. Amen. I haven't been to heaven yet, but I still believe in it. And I believe as soon as I step out of this life, that's where I'm going. Amen. Amen. I haven't seen it yet. I've read about it. Very little. It's not, you know, the Bible doesn't tell us a whole lot about it. It does tell us a few things in the book of Revelation about it. But I believe it's there. Praise God. Never been there. I'm going. Some people don't believe in hell anymore. Preachers don't believe in hell. Jesus said it. it's real. He spent more time talking about hell than he did heaven. He said there was a certain rich man. He went there and in torment. I still believe in hell. Well, that's a little, that's a little harsh for our day. Yeah. I know because we got a bunch of sissies in America. 
Are you kidding me? I saw this. I, I, I just glanced at this article today. This actor, actress was talking about how she could make it through any, any, anything now because she made it through a C-section. I said, woman, there are millions of women have had C-sections before you ever showed up. I've never had one. I don't want one. I'm sure it's not fun, but it's not the end of the world. I think it's such weak people. The wrong person gets elected and they have a meltdown and have to have Play-Doh and crayons in college. Like, These are going to lead our nation next? I remember watching a group of 18, 19-year-olds storm the beaches of Normandy. No, I wasn't there. Kenny was, but I wasn't there. He was, he was there reporting. <clears throat> but I watched it on film and they just kept coming. I'm thinking... These weren't weaklings. These were men. Amen. They were very young. They were 18. They were 19 years old. And I watch them get, some of them get shot and mowed down and the others just keep on coming. Are you with me? And one day they all ended up in Berlin. A lot of them did. I thought these weren't these aren't we need we we got we gotta we gotta tell our young people you're not that fragile. Knock that Evian bottle out of their hand and give them a garden hose to drink out of, like we did. <laughs> Throw them in the back of the pickup truck and go down the highway 55 mile an hour and yell them, sit down back there. That's what we had when we were kids. We lived through it. Car seat, don't, don't take this too far. I'm just preaching right now. See, some of you are like, oh, I can't believe it. We survived. It's like, oh, my gosh. They're not that fragile. pastor friend of mine, he, he said, he, I love what he said. He said, you know, he said, people in my church, when they first have a baby, he said, they won't bring it to the nursery. He said, they have three. They're there 15 minutes early saying, take these kids. You know, they're concerned they're going to break. They're, God didn't make us that fragile. You understand? <laughs> I don't know why. How do we get off on this? This is good preaching anyway. But we need some toughness back in, the, in America, and the church should be tough. Are you with me now? We should have some toughness in the church, you know. I'm, I'm going I'm to do some preaching. I don't know when, but I'm going to do some preaching on don't quit. My gosh, I've had all kinds of opportunities to quit. All kinds. I thought about taking, like I wrote, it's like I told Phyllis, I was, you know, I, I wrote God a, a I quit letter and, and he, he just filed it. Like Barney, when Barney, have you ever watched Barney Fife when he would write those res, resignation letters? And he had a file he'd put them in. I, Bernard P. Fife, resigned. You know, he had several of them. You know. I said, that's what God did with my reservation letter. When I was going to quit back in the 80s when I was going through, or my resignation letter when I was going back to, in the 80s going through a hard time and I thought I've had enough of this ministry time and you know I wrote a little letter I quit and threw it on the floor and God then that night told me you're not quitting what do you mean you're not well I've told you the story I wrote it I'm sitting in my study this is the God's truth I'm sitting in my study I write on there I quit I was going through a really hard time I mean all kinds of attacks and uh, people attacking me things going on in the ministry and I wrote on there, I quit, ripped it off the pad, watered it up, threw it on the floor, went to church that night. You know, I'm, a, I'm, I'm in the ministry. I'm associate pastor and the pastor of the church. You know, we and I are praying for people that night. I get ready to, to go back to my chair after we're done, my seat after we're done praying for people. He grabbed me by the hand and said, wait a minute. He said, I see you in your study. You're writing something on a piece of paper. You're wadding it up. You're throwing it in the floor. Well, I mean, he's got my attention. I don't believe in the gifts of the Spirit. Well, I did after that night. I gosh, the guy's reading my mail. He wasn't there. I was the only one there. He said, I see you write something on a piece of paper. He said, you took it up, you took it, you wadded it up and threw it in the floor. He said, God said to tell you, you can't quit. So that was God saying, I, I don't accept your resignation. Get back out there. Tighten your pampers a little tighter, suck it up, put your, your nanny in and go. You know, whatever that is, a beaker. What, what do you call those things? No, come on, what's the slang name for them? 
Beaker, man, your beaker. You know, put your beaker in and go. Oh, it's... Binky. Beaker. He like kicked me in the seat of pants and said, you're not quitting, you big baby. Get back in there. Now, he was nicer than that about it, of course, but it comes down to that. He was just saying, forget it. You're not, I'm not accepting your resignation. I told Phyllis years later, she, we weren't married at a time when I did that. Oh, she would have done that to me. But anyway, uh, I told Phyllis years later, you know, I said, God must have took me serious because he, he gave me that word that night. I, I, he must have took me serious. I was going to quit. And he said, no, you're not. You're not. Thank God for that. I'm glad you didn't like, oh, I feel so sorry for you, those mean people. I got some mean kids, son. I'll take care of them. No, he said, you suck it up and get back to work. Amen. And there were times during that period I got behind the pulpit. I wanted to be anywhere else. I'll just be honest with you. But I knew I got to obey God. I don't care what I feel like. Amen. Is this good preaching or what? So we're called. Everybody say called unto fellowship. Listen, 2 Chronicles 26.5 talks about King Uzziah. says, as long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. As long as he sought God, God made him to prosper. Let's go to one last scripture tonight. Let's go to 1 John chapter 1. Go there. 1 John. Uh, and as you're going, I want to read to you scripture out of the Amplified Bible. You go ahead and find 1 John if you would. 1 John chapter 1. But the Amplified Bible... The King James says, the secret of the Lord is with those that fear Him, and He'll show them His covenant. But that word secret there in Psalm 25, 14, it means a companionship or an intimacy. And so the Amplified Bible says it this way. Listen to this. The sweet, or the, excuse me, the secret of the sweet, satisfying companionship of the Lord. There's nothing more satisfying than spending time with God. Right? You know, I watch sports. Don't misunderstand me. I watch stuff. But it's not as satisfying as being with the Lord. I mean, sometimes it's frustrating not being with the Lord, but sports. I talk to the TV sometimes. You do that, Mark? Jackie does. Remember years ago, they had those TV bricks? Anybody old enough remember that? Remember those? They were bricks. They were, they were, they were, they were uh, foam, weren't they? Foam bricks. And if you got mad at the TV, you could throw them at the TV. So you didn't really destroy your TV, but you took out your frustration. Well, you know, how many of us spending time with God? You don't have that. There's time I watch TV. Liars! And then I have to repent. Amen. You know, I'm a Colts fan, and there hasn't been much to shout about lately. It's kind of been embarrassing, to be honest with you. But anyway, I never get embarrassed with God. I never get disappointed when I go spend time with Him. I never come away and say, wow, man, that was a, that was a bummer today. It's always good. Right? I've fallen asleep before. But that wasn't God's fault. That was my fault. I was being boring. I was praying one day, you know. <laughs> Is this okay? Let's show and tell a little bit. I was praying one day, you know, and, and it was one of those days where I just, I, you know, I, I just didn't have that much energy, you know. And I'm like, I'm going to pray and spend time, but spend an hour t- praying today. And so I'm, I'm going to do it, man. I'm, I've just got that about me. If I'm going to do that, I'm going to do it. You know what I'm saying? I was one of these, when I ran in a race, you know, ran races, I, some people would stop and walk for a little bit. Nothing wrong with that, but I never would do that. Now, if I can't run the whole thing, I'm quitting. I'm not walking. To me, that's cheating. That's, now, I'm not saying it was. That's just the way I felt. So I was like, if I can't make it, I'll find me on the side of the road or come get the ambulance to get me. But I am not going to walk. And so I, I'm that way in prayer. And 
you know, I'm just kind of just putting in my time. And all of a sudden, it dawned on me. I think it was the Holy Spirit. You're going to be here for an hour no matter what because you determined you're going to spend an hour in prayer. You're going to be here for an hour no matter what. You might as well get excited and, and make it and get fervent about it instead of just halfway doing it. That was a revelation because I thought, oh, yeah, I'm going to be here anyway. Why not just, you know, it's not God that's boring, it's me. You ever had somebody talk to you and are so boring you fall asleep during the middle of the conversation? Like, oh. Well, it's not God, it's us. Right? He's always, he's always excited. It's like one guy said one time, you know, about speaking in tongues. You know, and this woman said to him, are you mean to tell me you can talk in tongues when you want to? Well, that's what Paul said. He said, I pray with my understanding. I pray with the Spirit. She said to him, said, you mean you can turn God on and off when you want? She said, he said, no, ma'am, I turn me on and off when I want. God's always on. I've never went to prayer in the middle of the night and God said, hey, you woke me up. I've had God wake me up, but not, not him. First John, you find it? Come on, did you get something tonight? I don't know how long I've been going, but I'm about ready to close right here. I want to read the scripture and we'll close out. First John chapter 1. 1 John 1, verse 1, John says, Now, have you know, this is somebody that literally walked and talked with Jesus. Apostle John. It says, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we've looked upon, our hands have handled of the word of life, for the life was manifested, and we have seen it, bear witness and show unto you that eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifested unto us, that which we have seen and heard, Declare we unto you that you also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. So what's John talking about? Well, entering into fellowship with the Father and His Son. Verse 4, these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. This is the only way to have full joy. Amen. I said amen. This is it. So you think, well, this, you know, if I just got a new house... I'd have joy. No, no. How do you know? I've had more than one of them. Oh, yeah, the first night's exciting, but, you know, it's not joy. It's adrenaline. It's a difference. Well, if I just got, you know, if, if I just got a new, new truck. No, I've had more than one of those. They don't do it. But this does it. Amen. If I just got a new spouse, no, you better keep the one you got. Amen. It's like Dr. Dufresne said one time, he's praying for people in the prayer line. And he got this one guy, and it went to this one guy, and he said, What do you need? He said, I want you to agree with me that God will give me a, a new wife. An, you know, another wife. Yeah, another wife. He said, What do you mean, another wife? He said, Well, the one I got now, her hips are too big. You're not dealing, sometimes people come to church aren't the most intelligent people in all the world. just want you to know that in case you haven't found that out. <laughs> Dr. Schifrain says, how many kids she had? He said, six. He said, pass six kids through your hips and see how big they are. He said, get out of the line, you're a nut. <laughs> That'll bring you some joy, hallelujah. <laughs> I like that, praise God, that guy's a nut. I mean, you know, you just rejoice with the wife of your youth. I don't know why guys notice when their wives put on weight but forget to look in the mirror and turn sideways and look and see what happened to their chest. It's in their drawers, chest of drawers. Their six packs of keg now. And then they want to talk, oh, my wife's putting on weight. Well, look at you, your big belly. What are you talking about? I mean, look at Pastor Chuck. He put on four ounces this year. Praise God. <laughs> now, <laughs> this is crazy. All right. <laughs> Verse 5, let's close out. He said, this then, listen, this is the message. Everybody say, this is the message. This is the message that you can just live any way you want and God's all right with it. No. Is that the message? No, no here's the message. 
This is the message we've heard of Him and declare unto you that God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with Him we, we, and walk in darkness, we're lying about it and we're not practicing the truth. Well, because God's not going to fellowship with darkness, right? But if we walk in the light as He's in the light, in other words, if we're, if we're endeavoring to walk in the light that God's given us out of His Word, right? You can't walk in what you don't see. But, he will, but he will, he'll, he'll show you how many know as you go. Remember we talked about this earlier in the service, how God takes you, he takes you levels up. You know what I'm saying? Amen. And so not everybody's delivered of everything yet, but that doesn't mean they're a bad person. It just means they need more light, right? Christians, Christians grow, right? They're babies, right? Babies do things, right? I mean, you know, if your one-year-old has a crayon and they're coloring on the wall, you just take the crayon away. Amen. If your 15 or 12-year-old does that, there's a little bit more severe consequences because you expect more, right? Amen. I mean, God's the same way. As we get older in the Lord, He expects more out of us. I remember when I got saved, man, I thought, God, I'm not kidding, man. I, I was just, just stupid. I thought, man, God, you have got somebody. I'm serious. I, I didn't mean it vainly. I, I hope... I don't know if you can say it that way and not be vain about it. But anyway, I'm going to try. I really didn't mean it vainly. I just thought, my gosh, man, I've quit doing all these drugs. I quit drinking Pabst, Bacardi's and Coke. I've given all this up for God. I thought, I'm going to be one of the, you know, the, in Revelation, one of the, 20, the 24 elders. I literally thought I was going to be one of them. You think I'm making this up. You didn't know your pastor was this stupid at one time. <laughs> He's still working on me. <laughs> oh, man. And you know what? It didn't take long for God began to show me. Like about two weeks later, he began to say, hey, quit calling people buckethead and quit being so abrasive. Some of you have heard me when I first started preaching, you wouldn't even like me. I was abrasive. It's like, believe God or die, dummy. But that's, see, I came out of that culture. You know, what, you know what I'm saying? I came out, I was always kind of, I considered myself a nice person. My wife said, I wouldn't have married you if you weren't saved. Right. And, uh, but the point is, is as I had to grow, I had to, God had to, right? I, I'm glad he didn't dump the whole truck of hay on me at once and tell me, hey, here's everything still wrong with you. I gush out of quit. It's like, my Lord, God, ain't no way to fix all this. But a little at a time, he stopped doing that. Quit doing that. Quit having that attitude. See, it, got, it, it went from actions to attitudes. Amen. Oh, that's just bondage. No, it's freedom, man. It's freedom, man. Amen. And verse 7 now, but if we walk in the light, as he's in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. See, if you just walk in the light that you got, you may be missing it in some areas, but the blood's cleansing you. Right? Amen. <laughs> if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves the truth's not in us. How many of we've sinned and we say we have no sin? We're deceived. But verse 9, this is what I'm going to get to. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from how much? All unrighteousness. Well, if we've been cleansed from all unrighteousness, what's left? righteousness but I wanted to bring the scripture out to show you see God gave us provision that if we break fellowship we can get it right back if we confess our sin if we know we've missed it and I know there's teaching today in the church I don't know where these guys get this stuff but anyway I don't know what they smoke before they teach this stuff but uh, it must be good stuff because it certainly caused them damn to have hallucinations. But, you know, like we don't, we don't have to confess our sins any longer. Wait a minute. If, you, if you've offended God, you've done something wrong, I think it's pretty polite to say, you know, I'm sorry. Right? If I back out of here, I'm not going to do this, but if I back out of here and I cream the side of your car, you know, just maybe you got a brand new car and I just took the whole side out. I mean, how rude would it be for me to go to Mark and say, well, you got to forgive me? Because <laughs> the Bible says. How many know I should say, I'm sorry? Right? Dr. Barclay was in a 
Lowe's parking lot and he and his truck and he backed into somebody's car and just smashed it, you know. So, you know what the world does, they just leave. So he just waits till they come out and he said, they're coming out, young couple, you know, carrying a generator, you know, it's Michigan, carrying a generator. And, and Dr. Barclay said, I just creamed your car. And they said, you stayed, you stayed to tell us? He said, well, yeah. He said, I'm going to pay for it. I'm going to fix it. Really? Yeah. He said, not only that, I'm going to pay your deductible that you have because you shouldn't have to pay anything. And he said, not only, not only that, he said, throw that generator in the back of my truck and I'll take it to your house and hook it up for you. <laughs> I feel bad. <laughs> I mean, that's the way we should feel when we do something wrong with God. You sh I've heard people say, you shouldn't feel bad. Well, you shouldn't feel bad unless you did something bad. Now, here's the good news. Once you repent, you ought to let go of it and go on and trust, believe what God said. He forgave you and quit feeling bad about it and just be thankful. Amen. But how I many know when we miss it, we, don't, we, 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 we can break fellowship with God. We don't break our relationship. We break our fellowship. But there's a way to fix it. God, sorry about that. Come on, don't you? How many married people I have in here? Let me ask you a question. Have you ever broke fellowship before? Don't look, don't give me that like my wife and I have never had a disagreement in all of our life. Would you get married this morning? <laughs> you lying devil, you, you need to repent. You never got mad at one another? Some of you are not going to admit it because my wife is watching this on live stream, Pastor. You ever got mad at your wife? Yep. She ever get mad at you? Oh, yeah. I already know that one. Yeah. <laughs> She's probably threatening to kill you and tell God she don't, you don't know where you're at, you know. Sure. Let me ask you this. When that happens, are you still married? Yes. Yeah. There's just a rocky road in your fellowship right now. Don't you hate it when the silent treatment happens? <laughs> oh, oh, Mark's telling, man. Brother Osteen, John Osteen, how many remember John Osteen? Not Joel. Joel. A lot of people don't know Joel had a dad. His name was John. He started... He pastored Lakewood Church since 1950-something, right? When he went to be, the heaven, be, to be with the Lord, he had 22,000 members. He was one of the, he was one of the greater, greatest, one of the greatest preachers in America and pastor. He said one time him and Dodie got into it and she hid in the closet. He said, I'm looking all over the house. Where's Dodie? He said, I thought the rapture took place. You know, we got in a fight, you know. She went and hid in the closet. He said, man, I'm looking all over. Dodie, Dodie. He thought, oh, my gosh, the rapture's taking place, and I've missed it because I got in a fight with my wife. He said, I got near the closet, and she jumped out. Argh! Well, I mean, when you have a disagreement with your spouse, you don't, it, you're, you're not divorced. Amen. You're still, in, you're still in a marriage covenant. You're still in a relationship. You just, you need to mend the fellowship here and maybe you need to repent. Right? How many know guys can be wrong every now and then? Come on, every, come on guys. You know every once in a while, every, every leap year. Huh? It's usually the wife's fault. We know that. Isn't that right, guys? But, yeah, man. Uh, hallelujah. If I ever preached right doctrine, it was right there. Praise the Lord. But have you know, you know, always like that. You know, I read in Ephesians. I got to quit because I'm just talking now. You know, I read in Ephesians, you know, it says, uh, uh, Husbands, uh, love your wives even as Christ loved the church. You ever read that scripture? How come it's mostly women saying, yeah, I read that scripture. <laughs> You ever read that scripture? Husbands, love your wife even as... I never like to read that scripture without jumping down and getting verse 22. Uh, wives, submit yourself unto your own husbands. As unto the Lord. 
Mark got that one highlighted, circled, stars, arrows, fingers, pointing out, tabs on it. I remember a couple, Pastor Debbie Davis, when one of their daughters was young. She might not know anything out of the Bible, but she knew children, obey your parents and the Lord, that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. We need to know that God has made provision. If we blow it, thank God, there's a way to restore fellowship. Amen. Amen. And I'm not saying that God is so touchy, the least little thing that you do, that he's not, he's not going to talk to you. No, after Adam and Eve sinned, he went down in the cool of the day to talk to them. He still came in. But there's something, how I many know there's something there? Have you ever had somebody that there's something between you and you got to get it cleared up? That's the way we do. We just, Father, I'm sorry. I, 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 I shouldn't have done that. And, and we're right back in fellowship with God. Why? Because he wants fellowship. Amen. Stand up. Did you get something tonight? That's what he created us for, is to fellowship with us. That's what we were made for. We were made for fellowshipping with God our Father. Amen. Praise God for his word. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit myoasischurch.com. Thanks for listening.